Crosswinds family and friends, welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles for authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. And we give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our executive producer, and Sheldon Boyce, who's our our producer, and also uh, to Dave Wright, who is in studio helping us because Elijah is going to be part of our panel discussion. Uh, I want to invite you, if you want to learn more about the podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. That's crosswinds.church. That's where you can know more about us and we can know more about you. You can reach out to us through the website as well. Uh, As I was mentioning, I have Elijah Merrill in studio, no stranger to the podcast, not as the executive producer, but has been a part of many of these podcasts uh, over the past uh, 100 plus episodes now. So Elijah, thanks for being in in studio with us. Of course. Thank you. And then our very own executive pastor, Betty Ryan, is here with us as well. Betty, thanks for, for being in studio. Good to be here. (laughs) <laughs> we, uh, we're we starting a series, um, if you're listening to this the Friday it comes out, um, we're starting a series this coming Sunday on the book of Titus, and interesting, sort of my experience with the book of Titus, um, it, first of all, is my favorite um, leadership book, bar none, and I've read many a leadership, I've, I've written, and I have not, I've read many a leadership book, I've, I've read many a leadership book, you know, and I was thinking through some of the ones I like, like uh, one of my favorites is Leadership Principles from Attila the Hun. And if you haven't read that, uh, that is a book worth reading. Uh, that is, a, you got a title sounds a little weird. I actually put that over Lincoln on Leadership, which was another one of my favorite ones. But it, uh, Leadership Principles by Attila the Hun, because of its historical perspective and the points that it makes, is, is outstanding. But Second to none would be Titus. Titus to me is the is the number one leadership book, um, again bar none. And, and I got exposed to Titus. I mean, I had read it before, but in about two thousand two, I guess it was, a mentor of mine invited me to be a part of a study group. There was about a dozen of us um, that spent uh, several months in, in the book of Titus. Now, when you when you look at the book of Titus, that may seem a little crazy because it's it's only a three chapter book. Uh, and so, you know, how, how do you spend so much time in a, in a small book? Well, the title of the series sort of speaks to where my heart is with this book. It's a little book with big lessons, and, and there's so much packed in it. Paul writes this book probably in between uh, his first imprisonment and, and, and when he writes uh, to Timothy, his first letter. And so it's, it's right in the midst of these pastoral epistles, they're called, which were the letters that Paul wrote to to his uh, comrades, if you will, his partners in ministry, uh, to sort of instruct them on, on how to how to lead uh, the church, how to establish leadership, and, and Titus is a book in particular that doesn't just deal with with church leadership, but also holy living. Uh, if you're interested in discipleship, Titus talks about that. If you're interested in structure, for instance, Titus talks about that. If you're interested in how to deal with conflict in a way that honors God, Titus talks about that. So it's a very small book, but there's so many uh, principles uh, that you can find in it. Um, ultimately, um, what I take out of it, and we'll be having an ongoing discussion throughout um, this uh, this series at our church, we'll have podcasts sort of popping up throughout this series talking about some, some issues that I just want to go deeper into but can't in a message on a weekend. Um, but for me, first of all, leadership is, 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 is not quick, nor is it easy, is, is an overarching principle I see throughout the book. 
Um, it takes time and intentionality. Um, leadership's everyone's responsibility. So whenever I talk about leadership, someone says, well, I, I'm not a leader. And the reality of it is, um, on one way we can look at it, if everyone's a leader, no one's a leader. That's true. I mean, you know, there's certainly leadership positions, callings, um, and those type of things. But on the flip side, if you think about it, everybody has the opportunity to influence someone. And if you look at sort of John Maxwell's definition of, of leadership, leadership is influence. So in that's in that understanding, then everyone is a leader. Everyone has influence in, in some situation. You say, well, I only have a little. Well, okay, but you have some. And, and so you know, the book has much for all of us. And here's the interesting thing, too, you see throughout the book. The confrontation needs to occur, but it's not the main thing. And, and so we'll look at that later, too. We probably won't discuss it much in this episode, but just as an importance of dealing with issues. I'm sure many of you in your life have realized um, that un, unresolved, unaddressed issues typically do not go away. They fester and become worse. And so when we look at the book of Titus, it deals with confrontation and doing it in a way that's God-honoring. Um, but understanding that in the end, you can also become so consumed with confrontation, so consumed by these things that we draw our attention off the main thing, which of course is knowing God and making him known. Uh, and so there's so much in, in the book of Titus, and um, it's interesting. I, I've preached like uh, certain messages from the book. I've never been able to preach through the book before. So, you know, it's been exciting to be able to put this series together, praying over it, working with the team, and uh, being able to, to kick it off uh, this coming Sunday. But before I go any further uh, on some of my thoughts, I, I'd just be interested, but I'll start with you. You know, your, your, your exposure to Titus, you know, we're, we're, what, what, is, what place does Titus play in like your devotional life, study life, preaching life? Does it? Like for me, before I was a part of that group, it didn't play much a role at all. Um, I read through it, but it wasn't until I was in that group that it really began to have profound meaning for me. I would, after, um, you know, studying it, uh, I wish it had played a greater role, I guess I could say. Because I, if I am honest here, which we need in leadership, then um, I would say that I haven't studied it enough. So I am really looking forward to breaking it down in these next um, several uh, weekend services, as you already mentioned, because I think there's so much information there. You said everybody is is um, able to lead. Um, yes. those, are, those are the words I'll use anyways. And we all lead in different circles. So this is important for everyone. Um, yeah, so, yeah. How about you, Elijah? Yeah, I think I was trying to remember when I was sort of first, um, my first experience with, with Titus as a book in the Bible was, and because, so my history with, with scripture in my life has had such, I feel like such, such a wide spectrum of reason as to why I'm in scripture because, so like, you know, growing up, growing up, raised to believe that scripture is important. Like my parents always telling me and my siblings, like, you know, you got to be in the word, you got to be in the word, you got to be in the word. My mentors at church and stuff saying the same thing, but there wasn't always that guidance of where to read. And so like Titus was not a book that I was coming into on my own up until, um, I think honestly, up until probably a few years ago when, when, having to take some some steps into really trying to study what it means to be a Christian leader. Um, 
really became a, a, a challenge for me and something that I felt like God was calling me to put some more attention into. And if you if you just go, I mean, even if you just go to Google and you're like, you're like, examples of of leadership lessons within scripture, Titus is going to come up. And so I I that was one of my first um experiences with it. And I and of and at that point in my life a few years ago, I had known of of some of the leadership content and some of the some of the things that Paul was talking about in his letters to Titus uh, at that time. But it wasn't until probably a few years ago that I really started digging into it to try and get more out of it. And I was blown away because I was like, first of all, it's only three chapters. We already said that. But I was like, I was like, if you really read read these chapters with intentionality, there is so much meat and content in these letters. And I just found myself I found myself getting partially through something and being like, oh, I gotta stop for a second and I gotta I feel like I have to dig into this a little bit more. And um it quickly became one of my favorite my fa- it sounds crazy to say this, but one of my favorite reads in the yeah, Bible. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, I so I do. I regularly, probably like once a year, go back to, you know, just intent, like pull out my notes and intentionally kind of go through it because it's just it's tangible to do that. And um, yeah, and it can be it can be good. read easily. I mean, to say one yeah. sitting is an understatement. In in my in my printed Bible, okay, uh, you know, as as I just looked at it a second ago, it, it doesn't even take up two pages. So, I mean, it literally is something you can go back to. It doesn't take a lot of time to read through, but it's one of those writings that that you do camp in places. And, you know, like, why is that said that way there? And, you know, why that approach? And that's why I wanted to spend some time in these podcasts actually looking at a few issues, at least, um, that I know I'm going to touch on in preaching, but there's no way to spend as much time as you can to really unpack it. And, and I think it's so important that we do some of these some of these real issues. One of the things I love about even Paul's introduction in Titus 1, it's 1 through 4, and uh, sort of this his introduction to why he's writing the letter. Of course, he writes it to Titus, which gets a little interesting because you're talking about the book of Titus and the person Titus as you're, as you're having the discussion. Um, but he, he, he really points out that truth is always inseparably linked with godliness. You know, just, 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 just so, and it seems so common sense, right, when you, when you hear it. But when you look at it, how powerful that is to realize that, you know, so many times I hear, you know, what we talk about relative truth, you know, and it's like, well, it really stands against that because godliness then and, and truth are so inseparable that, you know, if if you're if you're sharing something that 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 is contrary to what the whole of Scripture says, it's not to truth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and so there's this this powerful point to where Paul talks about like this common faith that we share, and of course he's he's meaning the relationship we have um, with God through Jesus Christ, right? We all share this common faith, and he's going to lay out then in the book of Titus in these three chapters, he's going to lay out enough for for. Titus to be able to set up leadership in Crete, to tell him how to grow in Christ, how to disciple other people, how to deal with conflict. And what amazes me is, is that, you know, there's like books written on this, like 500-page books, you know. Um, you know, Kuzas and Posner uh, is, is, has written a book that, that is, is, is ginormous uh, about these type of topics, not in the Christian world, but in the business world. 
And Paul's able to do it in three chapters. And not that what they have to share isn't worth reading. It is worth reading and, and, uh, and still is a leadership classic. But what's amazing is just, to me, simple is profound. Hmm. And that Paul can, and I don't mean, he didn't cram it, so there's nothing missing, but that it's such a compact letter with such profound truth, uh, just sort of is mind-blowing to me, mind-blowing to me. Betty, when you, when you approach a book like Titus, what, what, what's sort of your practice? Like as people are preparing for the series and, and thinking through, how do I prepare myself for, for studying through a book like this? What are some of the things that you do to do that? You know, as I've studied Titus before, one of the things, because it's a shorter book, is I can read through it. And I read through it a few times in a row to get the basic understanding of what Paul is trying to teach because I think each of the letters have a historical context, Yes. right? And so you have to try to do the best that you can to understand who he's speaking to because when you understand who he's speaking to, then you can understand why he's saying what he does. And so, um, you know, Titus is in Crete and there's a reason that he's speaking to him the way that he does in that. So then once I can get a good overview of it, I try to break down each of the principles and look at what he says about each of them because... They tie together. They just weave so well together, not only in this book, but with the other scriptures as well. Of course, they should. And so uh, when I study it, that's what I try to try. I try to get a big overview, and then I try to break it down and see where else he says it, not only in this book, but they're truths that are uh, universal. They're, they're not truths that he's not sharing in another way and in another, in another book. So what does that look like in Paul's writing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love the I love the emphasis on context. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be scriptural context, which you're talking about, like how does this relate within the book and with other books of the Bible, but the historical context are there things historically that help us understand why something was written. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple of things actually we'll be addressing in, in later uh, episodes that'll deal specifically with that question. Like, is there a historical context that it gives us understanding of why he wrote this and what he was addressing? versus us speculating. And, and I really find um, when it comes to church leadership in particular, there's a lot of speculative theology where people say, well, because this word was mentioned or because this sentence is mentioned, this must be what it means. And, and really, to be honest with you, it, it's really uh, intellectual laziness because uh, it's just simply coming with a preconceived idea and saying, well, this sort of fits what I was thinking anyway, versus saying, you know, what is the scriptural context? What is the historical context? And therefore, what is the words really saying? You know, it's a difference between what we call eisegesis, exegesis, eisegesis. I'm going to put into the word what I wanted to say, which is really easy to do, more easy than, than I wish it was, even in my own life, right? But then the exegesis is what we want to do, which is I want the word to, to speak to me what, it, what it's intended to say, right? Um, and, and the best way to look at that is one of the, I believe, one of the worst um, questions ever asked in any type of Bible study situation is, what does that mean to you? Um, a great way of, of asking a question that sometimes that's what people mean is, what are you going to do with what you read? Um, but what does it mean to you isn't the issue. The issue is, what is the word saying and what is it intended to mean to you? You know, And, and you say, well, that, that seems like a, a, a semantics issue, but it's not because it's so easy to approach God's word and just pick a verse and it's out of context and this is what it means. And there's crazy theology out there based on just just one verse out of context. And context is king and helps us make sure that what we're getting out of the words, what God wants from us, which is always best, right? You know, and Paul, 
talks in here about the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And so let us not neglect prayer and listening to the Spirit of God as he teaches us. Absolutely. Elijah, one of the one of the overarching things that, that Paul does in these three chapters, which is interesting, he does it a few times, but in a few chapters, that's a lot, right? Yeah. He draws our attention to our hope for eternity. Understanding that, that when we come to Christ, eternity starts for the believer the moment you say yes to Jesus, when you receive him as Lord and Savior, that that you know we don't want to be uh, so focused on the future we forget that God is working in the here and now, and that there's many blessings to, to be a part of the kingdom today, right? Um, but there is this understanding that our hope for the future um, allows us to in some way understand what God wants us to do today, but that, that there's this eternal perspective that makes today even more important. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul, for whatever reason, uh, he's inspired to do that over a few times in the letter as a way of drawing us back and saying, what you do today matters because there is eternity. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so you know, talk to me a little bit. What, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I'm still wrapping my mind around living that way daily, you know, that, you know, God, I'm thankful that there, there's going to be eternity with you in paradise, but because I have that promise, today is mm-hmm. important. Yeah, I think there's there's almost two sides of it. I feel like, because you're right, I feel like oftentimes the easy thing for us to do is to get caught up in the challenges of now and and then use that as a, a means of hoping that that eternal promise comes as soon as possible. And I think that because that's just that's just the human nature side of it, right? Of it's as we're dealing with these trials and tribulations, it's it's easy as it's instinct almost to the first thing to be. Please let this be over. I I I can't handle this. You know I you know please. And so there's there's that side of it, but then I think there's what you're saying is, I think that as believers, knowing that this eternal promise awaits those of us who've accepted Christ, you know, into our heart as our personal Savior, I think that that does, that changes everything about your your struggling situation, because there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, how do I want to say this? There's a deepness of wanting to be rescued out of something. Yeah. And... To, to get to to get to whatever to to whatever place is better than this current situation, but if we know that that eternal promise is there, then there should be a little bit of a yes. This situation is difficult that I'm going through, but I know that I know the end of the story. I guess is what I'm saying. I know what God has in store for me, and so. And that's challenging. I'm I'm saying this as in <laughs> someone who needs to be reminded of that in 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 situations that are difficult, right? Yes. But it does change it does change how you how you pray for rescue. I guess. So rather than rather than there's been times in my life where something is very difficult and I'm saying, "Lord, I can't do this. Please take it away. I can't." I can't do this. But I feel like what Paul is saying is, listen, you know this hope that you have. You know what is to come. You are here for this purpose. So 
put your trust and faith in God in this in this purpose. You know what is to come. Don't worry about that. Yeah. So as you pray for rescue, you're more so saying, God, please give me the strength to do this because I know that you have me here on purpose. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so powerful. rather than rather than saying, please just get me out of this, recognize that God has you there on purpose, whether the more difficult the situation, the more difficult it's going to be to recognize that purpose. And in honesty, sometimes in the situation, you might not recognize the purpose until a little bit later, which makes it even more difficult. It may not until... Until, you know what I mean? Whenever. It may not. <laughs> so, but it's, but we also don't need to know what it is either yeah. because God's plan is perfect. Yeah. And his timing is intentional. And so when we're in those moments, I think that's what Paul is saying is, look, this hope is so good and it's so rich and it's what we have to look forward to, but it's what all of us in Christ, it's that shared spirit. It's what we all have. And there's going to be people that we need to lead to help find this because it's that important. And so this situation that you're in, let God use you and use that situation to help bring that unity together. Elijah, know? that's so powerful. As you were sharing, uh, I was just thinking of, you know, that hopeless statement that you hear sometimes, that so there's no end in sight. Mm. There's just no end in sight. And for us as believers, that's never true. Like, we may not see the end of this particular trying time, but we do know there's an end, yeah. you know? And, and so I never really thought about it exactly like that, but that that's a powerful insight as we look at the t- trials that we go through, the, the difficult times. And, and Titus is faced with one, you know? And so here's Titus. He's, he's given this responsibility. What Paul tended to do from what we understand scripturally and, you know, through, uh, you know, sort of uh, Christian history, uh, Paul tended to go to these places and, and plant churches but not like most people do today uh, here in the States. This does happen in other countries, but where he's sort of the first person, he comes in, there's this little church established, and and then he appoints sort of some people, and he leaves, and and people like Timothy and Titus and others come behind him eventually, and that's, that's what's happening here. Uh, he sends Titus to Crete and says, hey, put everything in order. Hmm. There's churches there. They need leadership. They need to be be taught a few things. They need to you know, have that sort of that, that, um, that pouring into of the, of the second phase. Okay. There's a church now what question. Right. And, um, and we know it's a difficult place because Paul at one point is quoting from, he says one of their own prophets, uh, who speaks of his own people. So we believe, you know, it's, so it's a Cretan prophet and he says, Cretans are always liars, evil beast, lazy gluttons. And Paul then says this testimony is true and what's interesting, you talk about historical context. The Greeks actually had a, uh, a word for for like people who were like that. You know, these lazy gluttons, always liars, and it was to be Cretanized. Mm-hmm. And, and so they 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 had this understanding, right? That 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 you know, and which is really unbelievable because the Greeks were known to be this type of people too. So I mean, it's like it's like how bad do you have to be if the Greeks are calling you this? I mean, it was almost a virtue in Greece if you were able to convince someone to do something, even if it was wrong. That power of persuasion was a powerful virtue in Greek culture. And yet they're looking at the Cretans and going, my goodness, they've taken it way too far. Like, And the Greeks had taken it far. Like the Romans look at the Greeks and go, you know, it's hard to trust them sometimes. And then the Greeks are looking at the Cretans and go, well, you think we're bad? 
The worst of the worst is the Cretans. And, and, and it's a Cretan prophet that he says, it's a poet, um, who actually says this. Um, we have an idea of who we think that might be. Um, but, but Paul affirms it. He goes, that's true. And these are the individuals who Titus is called to bring order and speak. Remember that one of the first points I met was that truthfulness is inseparable to godliness. And you can see why that's such a big principle right off the bat in the book of Titus, because he's going to have to teach these leaders how to lead differently, Hmm. how to live differently. And uh, it's interesting, historically, um, the word Cretan today can still be used to speak of someone who's sort of that type of person. But there was a time where apparently the gospel was so rooted in Crete, but the idea of Cretan could also be interchangeable with the word Christian. And so something quite amazing happened on this small island, uh, and uh, I would love to have sort of been there to see that transformation take place. But what Paul is literally given to Titus is, is and I hate to use the word formula because it's not a formula, it's an outline of how you can uh, sort of journey down the way, you know, the way, the right way that God has for us. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a formula for um, not just personal transformation, but really cultural transformation. And the proof was in the pudding because that's exactly what happened uh, for, for some time on, on the island of Crete. And so I'm, I'm, if you can't tell, I'm super excited uh, about the series that's coming up. And um, like I said, throughout the, the weekend series, you'll find out in the podcast, we'll be popping in continual conversations on some issues in the book of Crete. Uh, but for now, just sort of final thoughts. I'll start with you, Betty. Elijah, I'll, I'll wrap up the as we go full circle here. But final thoughts as we get ready to explore this this book of Titus. Yeah, I think there's so many things I could think of, but um, these two come to mind. You, you said that you know to be devout in God's word and in good works that result from being faithful. You know, so faith is huge and important. And and there were people out there teaching a different type of. Um, faith, false teachers, if you will. So be careful. I feel like that is so important in this book. Be careful. And then I also feel like Titus had to persevere. He's a young guy. Well, as far as we know, right? He's much younger than Paul, probably. Yeah. 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 So he's, you know, and he's out there, and I feel like there Paul is with his, I'm going to just use the word protege. I don't know if it's yeah, right or not, but word. his protege, and he's out there with him, and he says, hey, I'll see you later. And, and I just imagine Titus's eyes getting big and saying, you know, okay, but he, he does it. Yeah. And he gets to watch God do miracles mm, through that, awesome. and that's amazing, yeah. That's awesome. Elijah? Yeah, I would just say if if at the time of this episode coming out, you know, this series is starting this Sunday, um, whether or not you're listening to this now or maybe you're listening to this and all the, ep- all the parts are out of the series, right? Um, I think it's important to remember as as we do some of these, and I think one of someone who was on the David episode when we were going through a David series said this as well. But um, just remember that as we go through some of these book studies, books within Scripture, these studies on Sunday mornings, that as we've been talking about, context is king. There is there is so much in this that is a, in these just these in these three chapters that is applicable to us and to our situation. And so for myself, it's easy to be like, oh, we're getting in, we're, it's not a topic this Sunday. It's a, you know, it's, oh, we're in the book of the Bible, you know? Um, but it's very much so some very, very applicable content. I'm very excited to see, um, some of it's challenging and I'm excited to see how, um, how people receive it. And, uh, just, just keep that, keep that in mind as, um, 
as I'm sure, uh, as Paul was writing this to Titus, um, God knew that Paul was also writing some of this to us as well. And um, so it's just a fun thing to keep in mind. Yeah. I really can't add much more to that except uh, just encourage you to, if you have time, even after listening to this podcast, pull out the Bible and uh, take a read through Titus. Uh, you can easily do it. Uh, and one sitting, like I said, is an understatement. It's, it's basically less than two pages. Uh, but read through it, uh, just sort of uh, get an overview. And, and for me, anytime you're, you're studying a, a book of the Bible, it's helpful to read through it at least uh, a few times before you actually start digging into its pieces, uh, just to get an overview of what what um, Paul's teaching. And here's the great thing with Titus, you can actually do that pretty quickly. Um, if you were doing Romans or some other books like Genesis, it, it would take a lot more time to read through it uh, multiple times before you started digging in. But Titus is one of those you can do really quickly. You can read it three times and still not be a full sitting. And so I'd encourage you to do that. But if you um, if you want to follow along with the series that's kicking off this week, or maybe you're listening to this and it's, it's like two years after that, we record all those things. They're online. You can go to crosswinds.church. That's where you find out all things about this podcast. And you can find the sermon series there. Uh, but we're really excited. Uh, Titus, uh, little book, big lessons. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. And I hope uh, you'll tune in as we... Uh, hit some other topics um, sporadically uh, over the next couple of months. Uh, But for now, as always, uh, I just encourage you, be blessed and bless others. Mm